Welcome to another inspirational message from City Life Center Church. If you are ever in the area, come visit one of our services. We would love to meet you. Enjoy the message. Yeah, because I'm going to take you down that ancient path today. I'm going to talk about this, this ancient plan that God has and it's going to be a lot of fun sharing it with you. You know, speaking of ancient, it's kind of cool because someone just came up and, and, uh, and tapped me on the shoulder today. And it's, it's, a, it's a guy who's a, who used to be like, like a little tiny kid when I was a children's pastor years ago. Tim, yeah, it's good to, good to see you here, here with me today. But uh, it's like, whoa, wow. You know, it's just, it's just incredible to see, see old-time friends from way, way back. All of a sudden, they're, they're right here with you. You know, about a year ago, I started fighting a battle. Uh, it was actually one year ago last week when it all happened. The moment that, uh, that I'll, I'll just never forget. It's, 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 a, it's that thing where you learn that you've got to watch where you're going even when you think you know you walk that little road all the time, that pathway. And it was, it was kind of funny. Well, it wasn't funny at all. But I was, I've never, re- I don't know how much in here I've really told the full story because I didn't want to tell it for a while because I know there were some feelings about the whole thing, but I've kind of worked through it. But, uh, but the truth is, is, is it was dark out. I was coming to an early morning meeting here at the Buongiorno. It was about, uh, I don't know, about 5.45 or so. And, uh, and I was walking from the parking lot where, I, where my parking space is all across the sidewalk here and into the Buongiorno for the meeting. And on my way in, to see the, the lights, the, there were a few little things that had happened. Some lights had burned out, and, and there, was, uh, there was a homeless guy that was sleeping there on the sidewalk wrapped up in a black blanket up against the... Uh, the, the, the building, and he was, he was charging his cell phone uh, at our building, and I just, I, didn't, I just didn't see him. I didn't see him at all. And so I was coming walking in, just not paying any attention. I stepped on the guy. I mean, I just, I stepped on it. And that's kind of what I had emotions about. I was like, gosh, I stepped on this guy. <laughs> but, but then he grabbed my leg and pulled me to the ground and, and, and did this really cool, awesome uh, way of, you know, bringing it down fast. My, my knee, I went straight down my knee and split my patella right in half. And, uh, and that started a journey that has been crazy, uh, you know, going from crutches to having to wear an immobilizer and a, and a brace and dealing with this thing I'll call atrophy, which I never really understood what it was before. It, I mean, it was a, it's where, that's where your muscle just goes away. And, and I, I didn't know that that could actually like happen quite that way, but it does. And, and then going to the physical therapy and, and then, you know, just setbacks and slowdowns in the process, dealing with this new thing that I never knew existed before called patellar tendonitis, which causes my knee to swell up. And, and it's just then you can't really keep your training going on. And, and the, tra- the doctor said, you know, my training on my leg will take at least a year to get myself back to normal again. I'm still not there yet. Uh, that, and then on top of it all, I was, I was uh, just a few weeks ago, I had done a really intense leg training day on, in my leg, and I was coming down the stairs at the gym, and uh, just, just kind of not paying too much attention, and unfortunately, my leg wasn't very strong at that point. After the training, and my leg went out from under me, and then I fractured my ankle. So, <laughs> so then I'm, I'm like walking around in this pain for several days after that, and, and it, it still hurts, but I have to go through this six-week mo- six period of waiting for that bone to heal, lost ground, and so it's just like fighting, 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 and, and through this still, I can't run. Coming down the stairs uh, demands concentration. I'm concentrating more and more on that all the time. My hand's always near the rail because it's just, it, I just have to do that at this point, uh, but but I'm going to keep fighting. But in order to fight, I need encouragement. I need the right supplements. I need therapy. I need uh, persistence, the decision that I'm not going to quit. I have to keep stretching. I have to keep training. And I have to keep optimistic. And I'm going to win the battle. 
And, uh, and, and my encouragement to you is to keep fighting, don't stop, and keep winning. And that's what we're talking about today. Get your Bibles open to Galatians chapter number 5, verse 22. Galatians 5, 22, that's in the New Testament. I, I'm continuing, continuing a series of messages through uh, this New Testament book of Galatians. And in this third message, I'm talking about something called our inner battle. It's, it's this struggle to fight and to win uh, uh, mind games that really overwhelm us, that, that, that influence us toward destructive activities, that plunge us into depression, and, and it will even cause us to want to take an exit from our adventure highway of following Jesus and just say, hey, I just want to just take, take time off from this whole thing. See, Galatians is this letter that was written by Paul. Paul was a church planter, and, and he had launched several um, Jesus-following congregations, and, and he, had, uh, he had set these up across Galatia, which is an ancient Roman, Roman province. Today, it's Turkey. But these churches didn't have the New Testament. Uh, let me tell you, the New Testament is it's that last part of the Bible, and what it actually does is it tells us how to do Christianity, how to follow Jesus, how to impact culture, how to have a healthy local church. And, and so the New Testament, basically, it's about this. It's about how to grow your faith, and that's, that's what it's about, how to use your faith, how, how to have amazing results in your life. And that's why I love the New Testament. In fact, Galatians, it's believed, where, we're, where I'm preaching from in this little series, this is believed to be one of the very first letters that comprises uh, the New Testament, one of the first letters that was written. So this was the, actually, you're, the, you're hearing again today from some of the first part of the New Testament that was ever out there for any churches to begin to read. So Paul writes this really passionate, and when you read it, you will find it is sometimes quite abrasive and harsh challenge uh, to these followers of Jesus Christ out in these churches in Galatia. And it was basically about this. You need to win some of your spiritual battles. There are ways to win it. And there are battles that are out there. One is the battle of legalism versus grace, because legalism, you know, that's a, that's a way of living life or even doing church. And that's, it causes slavery. It causes division. Um, but, but, you know, the, the, the battle is to try to let grace win over in our lives, and because grace, it actually builds faith and unity. But so, so what we have to do is we have to try to, in our lives, uh, avoid this natural drift toward legalism. I, I fight it in my house. I fight it in our house here at City Life. I aggressively pursue faith and unity because that's what, I'm, that's what I care about. So, so I have to do that by being a person of a grace. We choose to be a church of grace, a house of grace. And, you know, since the very beginning here at City Life, we decided that our church will not do anything that makes it unreasonably difficult for people to get to God. So around here, the way it works is we're not going to judge a person based upon uh, how they look or what their background is or what the current state of affairs is in their life or what cultural norms they accept. You, know, you, can, you can be a part of this Jesus gathering regardless. Now, I'll also tell you that. This is uh, not easy at all. That's why most churches will actually pull away from that at times because it's the natural tendency of any church to drift away from grace and toward rules and legalism. But, but, but we can only be a church of grace when we are people 
of grace. And that's what's really, really important because it's not something that's just a decision that's made. It's a lifestyle by all of us. So it's not a Sunday thing, really. It's a lifestyle because grace, it's not something that's earned. It's not something you deserve. You can't do anything to get it. It's already given to you. God's forgiveness has been given to you without you groveling for it. And God's love is there for you without you earning it. God's peace comes to you without you even deserving it. So you receive all of that as a gift. And what we do then is we then pass that grace along. So we, so then I know some people will stick it to another extreme and say, well, then do we just get to do whatever we want? And so I can just kind of like, okay, I've got grace and I'm just, I just love God. Okay, God, I'm being led by you. And so I'm just going to kind of do whatever I want because I'm being led by God. Well, absolutely not. And I'm not, not poking fun at being led by God, but not, but the majority of what I hear of people who say they're being led by God is actually they're being led to do things that the scriptures say you shouldn't do. So they're not being led by God. (laughs) See, this, that's, that's actually what I call anarchy. That's anarchy where everything goes, you know. And, and, and so do we want to have boundaries? Well, absolutely. You know, if you don't have boundaries on the highway, you go off into the ditch. There's this other tension then that's caused by this. It's another one of our inner battles that we face, and that's the anarchy versus freedom. Because anarchy, what it actually does, it causes slavery and destruction. Uh, last week, last week I called it Exit 13. You remember last week's message? You know, if you didn't hear it, you need to hear it. If you weren't here, but but it's this listing of the works of the flesh. It's in Galatians chapter five, and 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 Paul really said that people who live like this are not even going to inherit God's kingdom. So that's slavery and destruction. We don't want that anarchy way of life. So what we're fighting for and what I'm preaching about right now is freedom so that we can live in freedom because freedom brings us clarity. It, 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 it gives us abundance. See, when you stay on God's freeway within his boundaries, I'm telling you guys, you're not going to be in a haze anymore trying to figure out what's going on. You're not going to just be confused and operating in a whirlwind. The lights are going to be on. And then what happens is God begins to bring abundance into your life. You begin living by faith and you begin to believe for the unbelievable. See, freedom is basically this. It's, when it's, it's about shifting your attitude from I have to to I get to. Now, around church, too often, I hear people say, I have to, or I have to. But, but see, listen, following Jesus is about I get to. So a long time ago, I changed this attitude of mine from I have to to I get to. I get to live free. I don't have to do anything. It's like with our 5X faith, it's, it's just I get to embrace 5X faith so that my life can be catapulted forward. I choose to have this abundance mentality. And when you win, when you begin to win, you'll, you'll discover that, that anarchy is not the way to win. Freedom is actually the way to win. Uh, at the same time, the battles go on in our minds. And, and I'm telling you guys, this is real and this is true. Hell has a strategy against you. And that strategy is to rob you of freedom and grace. But you can win your inner battles. And the key is this one word right here. It might be different than what you thought it was, but it's faith, not trying harder. See, I've learned to engage faith, and the truth is it works in my life. Every time I've been challenged to expand my faith, I've seen God do amazing things. I even go through seasons where, where there'll be a, a, a faith challenge on my life, and I'll, I'll, I'll take that challenge, and I'll move forward. And I'll look back and go, my goodness, look what God just did. 
I'm telling you guys, I want to build your faith because I want you to be able to win your inner battles. My goal is here that your faith, guys, that, that, that it will increase because God doesn't want you to continue to operate on the level that you're on today. If you can believe that, then you can move forward into faith because there's so much more for every one of you, no matter how wonderful things may even be today. See, see Paul put it this way. He said this, faith comes by what? Hearing. And hearing by the word of Christ or the word of God. So carefully listen here. There is a way to do this. And it's God's word. I crave God's word in my life. I get to read the scriptures daily. I don't have to. I get to go to church. I don't have to. I get to listen to God's word. See, when I get the word of God in me, guys, listen, my faith grows. That means abundance and victory and advance in my life is what begins to happen. Now, I could make a choice, again, to not believe and to shrink and to shrivel and to get cynical and to go weak and make it all about me. But why would I want to do that? It doesn't grow me at all. It, it holds me down and beats me down, puts me back into slavery. So that's why I choose to pursue faith. Yeah, at the same time, the whole thing of pursuing faith is another one of these inner battles. But I think this is one of the key inner battles that will actually cause you to win a whole lot of other battles. This is a huge one. Because there are two categories here, basically. It's faith and there's unbelief. And see, what unbelief does, unbelief simply does, and there, there, there are people who can go to church. In fact, you can, be, you can go to church all the time, just sit in church, and you can be full of unbelief. But I don't want that for you. I want you to break out of that, not just you, but your family and your friends and those around you. Because unbelief brings cynicism and weariness. Cynicism and weariness. Now, Right now, even in the political climate, there's a lot of cynicism and weariness. Do you see that? Why? It's because a lot of people don't believe in whatever is being put out there. That's just a little snapshot of what could be happening in your life as well. Are you cynical? Just toward life in general. Are you weary in your mind and your emotions and your spirit? Well, that's actually caused, my friend, by unbelief. And I always try to watch that in my life, and I try to watch for those red flags because when those things start to pop up, I'm having to realize something's wrong with my faith. Because every time I've actually made the choice then to re-engage my faith, when I'm finding um, cynicism and weariness in my mind and my emotions, then things begin to shift for me. You see, I can't stand living cynical and weary. I don't like it. I don't like me when I'm that way. And do you think people like you when you're that way? No, stop. Stop saying that. Of course they don't. No, no way. Thus, I choose to grow my faith. I want victory in my life, guys. I, I want to advance in my life. I want victory in my house. I want advance in my house. I want victory in our house, this house, city life. I want advance in our house, this house, city life. I get to grow my faith. And I'm not going to lose this battle. There's too much on the line for me. 
You see, that word faith, as it's used in the book of Galatians, is defined this way. Faith is believing something that defies reason. See, reason is what you see and think. It's what you can calculate and put on paper. Faith is something that is beyond that. It's believing in something that actually goes the opposite direction of reason. Faith is unreasonable. You guys want to live a little bit of an unreasonable life? Yeah? I mean, I do. I do. That's why I'm calling you guys to faith. I want you to grow your faith. That that is freedom. Freedom that begins to, to believe for things that simply defy reason. That's why as a congregation, my challenge to you is really as we're celebrating five years of being here as a church is to engage in what I'm calling 5X faith. And, and that's, that's a specific way of just, just looking for some areas in your life where you want to believe for five times the increase of, of, in two or three areas of your life. Something that just defies reason. And I simply believe that God can and will do amazing things in my life and, and, and therefore I just choose to have the freedom to walk in 5X faith, to live in this. Because I want to see walls come down in your life. I want to see barriers demolished in your business and in your life and in your family. And, and faith says this. Faith says that the sky is the limit with your health and with your finances and with your peace and with your purpose in life. I've always stood on these words, my friends, and this, this, these words have always increased my faith. And uh, I've said this since I was about 20 years old, and I love these term, this terminology. I, I hear preachers even saying that from time to time, but now I, I just think they stole it from me. But it's this line right here, the best is yet to come. Yeah, I, I, it was funny because I was listening to, uh, I, I was listening to this really cool, wonderful pastor from Australia saying this the other day. I was like, well, he must have been listening to one of my podcasts or something. Uh, you know, Brian Houston, he thinks like, you know, Hillsong Church, he's got this. I know he's been listening to my stuff because he said that the best is yet to come. Like, yeah, I said, amen. And, and I was wearing my earbuds at the gym and I think somebody, I thought it was really weird. I, I, well, I am, I'm unreasonable. Hey, grow your faith. Your best is yet to come. Grow your faith. I want you to grow past cynicism. I want you to grow, grow past the weariness in your life. I want you to engage your faith along with me, and let's take a journey like we've never taken before, and just simply watch what God will do and participate in what God's doing. And three Sundays ago, I gave you that message, that initial message called the 5X Faith Challenge, and I'm reminding you about it again today. Again, listen to it, and, 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 uh, and yet the truth is, is here in a couple of weeks, I'm, I'm going to ask you to write something down. I'm asking you to define and pray with faith for some specific areas in your life. I'm calling it your house, your 5X faith visions. In fact, I just want to announce this right now to the staff that I'm going to be asking you on Tuesday morning, because you've, you've had over a month to prepare this, what your 5X visions are for your house, for you, your family, and your business. And we're actually taking our time this month to talk about this, because I don't want to just throw it out there and you write something down that you haven't considered but on Sunday, November 6th, we're going to have doubleheader day here at the church with a Sunday morning and then City Life Night that night. And I'm going to ask you to write down your 5X faith visions on a card, and I'm just going to ask you to write it down. And, and here, here, here's what you're going to see. It says, consider two to three areas of your life where you believe God, where you will believe God for a 5X or a five times increase over the next two years. The next two years, what do you want to see grow fivefold? And you can pick two or three areas and just begin to believe for it and take steps toward it. 
Uh, you'll submit those, and I'm going to take those, and I'm going to put them on my desk, and I'm going to probably even put them on the wall in the office so that I and the staff will walk by and, and combine our shameless, audacious faith with yours regarding your 5X faith visions for your house. And as your pastor, I want you to be free to have massive faith. Paul says this, the only thing that counts as faith expressing itself through love. And that's really the simple reality of it all. It's not about trying harder to do certain things or, 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 or just trying to make it all happen, but it's just really using faith. Serving God is about asking, how can I increase the love in my life? How can I express more faith? Also, as part of this 5X Faith campaign, I'm encouraging everyone to sow 5X seed, uh, seed gifts because dreams are initiated through seed all the time. In fact, uh, it's, it, it, and really this is a simple thing is that that this fall, I'll be issuing the challenge officially a little bit later, but, but I'm just asking you to give by faith, expecting that God is going to use that seed that you've planted to bring about your 5X faith dreams. And the goal for us corporately will be $50,000 to be sown above our tithes uh, into this ministry, which will go toward our missions and go toward our property and go toward our city. And I'm a giver, guys. I'm a giver. I'm a giver not because I have to, but because I get to. Because generosity is actually one of the best ways to express freedom and to build faith. Jesus said this. He said, give and it will be given to you a good measure pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured into your lap. Some people don't even believe this is in the scriptures. It's here. Jesus said it himself. He said, with the measure you use of generosity, it will actually be measured to you. So Jesus was all about faith. And look at that. God cannot lie. Therefore, by faith, I believe in this because I believe in Jesus. And the, the measure or the degree or the amount of the faith that I have regarding generosity is the same measure that God will pour back into my lap. I don't know, I hope it doesn't make a big mess, but I tell you what, I, 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 I would love it if I had a little trouble getting up, you know, because so much is in my lap. Hey guys, I want to live that way. And it's not about me getting. Please understand that. The scripture shows very clearly of what this is all about. See, my adventure highway of following Jesus is a faith adventure and it's believing in what I cannot see. Paul says this, and this is, this is all through the New Testament, guys. You'll see scriptures like this about living by faith and walking by faith. Those two words actually go hand in hand, so I kind of put both of them into the scripture. I put the liberty to do that because some versions say live, some say walk. And the reason, the reason you'll see that is because some of the people who have translated the scriptures through the years are like, well, it seems to be more live. And others are like, no, it seems to be more like walk. And, and actually, it's both because it's a lifestyle, but some people think living just means existing, it's not about existing, it's about walking on the road. So your life is about moving forward. So we live and walk by faith, not by sight. It's about, really the scripture is all about, about winning your personal inner battles. If you're fighting against cynicism, or addictions, or hatred, or self-destruction, or hopelessness, or fear, or legalism, or emotional weariness, or darkness, you can break out of that. You're actually designed by God to win, and the way you win is by breaking out of it with faith. That's our battle tactic, is living and walking with faith. Forward movement. Not holding your ground, but it's about making a change today in a decision now. Guys, today, now. It's about taking 
another step before you leave this room. Keep moving, guys. Don't give up. Don't quit. Don't lose hope. Just like Preston said earlier, you can win your inner battles. You can move forward. Live and walk by the Spirit, Paul said. He said this, look, and then he said, and then you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. Some of you are looking for these ways to overcome what I called last week, exit 13. Well, it's pretty simple. You're actually living and walking by the Spirit, which is the life of faith. If you you find yourself constantly getting sucked into darkness, then you can break out today by doing this thing that I'm talking about, living and walking by faith and engaging faith. That's, That's why I'm so passionate about this. That's why I want you guys always, week by week, to hear the Word of God and to create even your own two to three, five X faith visions for your house over these next few weeks and write them down and let's pray together and let's start moving forward because you're going to begin to see some things shift in your life some of you've already begun to see it because you've already begun speaking the things that that are not as though they are when you live by the spirit and you walk by the spirit in fact when you walk and live this way something actually begins to take place in your life you begin to produce something different now i asked you in the beginning of this message to look at galatians 5 22 now i want you to take a look at it because this is what actually happens to you when you walk by the Spirit and you live by faith, expressing your faith through love. Paul says it this way. He says, the fruit of the Spirit, take a look at it, is love, joy, peace, forbearance, also known as patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. See, this is the fruit of winning your inner battles. Now guys, I want that fruit in my life. So believing for audacious prayers to become reality and pursuing Jesus, the God of my faith, will allow this fruit to become produced in my life. Now when I was a teenager, I used to live in the Rio Grande Valley. I lived in Harlingen, Texas. I loved it down there. Hey, the nice thing about living down in Harlingen is the beach is right there. And we would always go hang out at the beach all the time. Thank you, Jesus, for South Padre Island. So, so of God. But, but one of the nice things about the, the, the Rio Grande Valley is there are lots and lots of fruit trees down there. I remember when we first moved there, I, 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 it's like the only kind of fruit trees I've ever seen before were like apple trees. I didn't like, they didn't have those down there. They had all these other fruit trees. And, and we, I mean, you, we literally had fruit trees growing in our yard. Fruit trees would just like start growing wild. It was quite, quite amazing. I, I loved it. And, but there were these orchards with all these different types of fruit trees. And, you, and when you live there for a while, you can identify them and you know what kind of fruit's on those trees. Hey, the, the cool deal is fresh fruit was never a problem when you lived in the valley. Sometimes, though, a tree would produce just a little bit of fruit or sometimes no fruit. Here's what I learned about this. It was either because the fruit tree was very little or actually the fruit tree was just, just a really small. It was, it was a new fruit tree and didn't have fruit attached to it yet. It, it was too immature to bear fruit or it was sick. It was malnourished. It was 
diseased or not getting enough water or maybe it had been beaten up by something else. It's kind of funny because I remember one time I took my, my son, my family down to visit my parents who lived in the valley and, and, uh, and my son Preston went out into the backyard and my mom had just planted a, an orange tree and it was, about, it was about two years old. It was not bearing fruit yet but she was so excited because it had the first few little buds on it and it might have some, a tiny little bit of oranges on it that year and he decided he was going to go out there in the backyard and play Swiss Family Robinson which was a movie he loved to watch where they take machete and they go through and they chop down all of the brush. So he goes out there and sees that tree. He says, perfect opportunity. He goes and starts chopping on my mother's orange tree. It was not a happy day at grandma and grandpa's house. He didn't understand that you don't beat up the baby. <laughs> you see? You know, some Christians are not producing fruit because they're getting beat up Sunday after Sunday. They're getting, getting beat up in their home. They're being put down. They take the word and someone takes the word and hammers them with it. I'm telling you guys, that doesn't work. You don't produce fruit that way. I won't hammer you with it. The word of God hammers itself. I don't do that. It actually sustains you and builds you, makes you strong. But what begins to happen, guys, is, is, is the, as a tree is nourished, that tree grows healthy, you never have to force the tree to produce fruit. I learned that really well when fruit started coming out on the trees in the backyard the first year, the year we lived there. See, Paul said this, he said, since we live by the Spirit, let's keep in step with the Spirit. So if the Spirit of God is flowing through you, catch this, and you're living by this audacious faith, you're walking by faith, you're keeping your eyes on Jesus, you're not taking exit 13, the works of the flesh and all the distractions, what's going to happen is you will begin to bear fruit naturally. See, living by faith in Jesus produces the fruit of the Spirit. It just does. You don't have to like psych yourself up for it and read through the list of the, the nine fruit of the Spirit and, and just say, I've got to do this better, I've got to work harder at all this. No, 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 no. You don't have to manufacture it in your own strength. That's why even when I was preparing this, I thought, well, I could go through each of these fruit of the Spirit and go into great detail on how each person can produce this. I thought, no, because the Scripture actually says it produces itself naturally. It's caused by living by faith in Jesus. I'm basically just going to sow a lot of faith and a lot of encouragement into your life, and then that's going to begin to come out. Because Jesus says, if you remain in me and I in you, you will bear what? Two words. What kind of fruit? Much fruit but apart from me you can do nothing you're, you're not going to bear anything you, in other words what can we do apart from jesus the truth is nothing of any eternal value that's serious but with a huge dose of jesus you're naturally going to bear much fruit and your fruit can't be hidden See, you're going to begin to produce abundance in your life because it's guys it's no longer about you see abundance then is about giving Here's the interesting thing. I never saw a fruit tree eating its own fruit. No, the fruit's not for you. It's for those around you. And if nobody's around to take the fruit off, the fruit rots, and then the fruit tree stinks. There's this important cycle you learn when you hang around fruit trees. Believe me. See, see the fruit trees exist to give. They exist to bless. So when people bump into you, what do they get? 
Do they get an angry jab or, or a scowl or do they get fruit of the Spirit? See, you can naturally be a nourishment to people around you at home and in your office and in your church and in the community. Now, when I lived in the valley, occasionally we would get really hungry. You're driving down the road and you're maybe on a little back road and on one of those dusty uh, South Texas little roads and, and you're just driving by these orchards of fresh fruit and sometimes... I would break the law. Even before I could drive, people that I would be with, we would stop the car and break the law. We would walk to the edge of the orchard and grab some fruit. Now, I know you guys are highly disappointed in me. Don't worry, God's already forgiven me, so don't, it's okay to relax. I don't encourage you to do it, but I'm just telling you, when you're out there and you're, there's that fruit all around you, it's like, I've got to have some of that because it's a whole lot sweeter when you get it there than when you buy it at the store. So here's the deal. Wouldn't you want that in your life? Wouldn't you want to be so attractive and full of good fruit that the people around you are getting nourished and blessed simply by being near you and taking the fruit of the Spirit that you're producing naturally? Guys, this is what being a Christian is all about. We get to bless. We get to be generous. We don't have to. I want you to look at this list of the fruit of the Spirit. I want you to say it out loud with me. And it's this, I get to give. Now we're going to say I get to give, and then we're going to say the first one. Then we're going to say I get to give in the second one. I want you to say it with me. Come on, look at it on the screen. Say it aloud with me. Go, come on. I get to give love. I get to give joy. I get to give peace. I get to give patience. I get to give kindness smile. I get to give goodness. I get to give faithfulness. I get to give gentleness. I get to give self-control. No bumping the person next to you and say, now start doing it. All right, don't do that, all right? I love being around people who have that. Don't you? How does it happen? Well, in another place in the Bible, Jesus says this. Jesus said this. He said, if you remain in me, and now he says, my words, or the word of God in you, here's what will happen. It's the faith thing. You begin to ask whatever you wish, and it's going to be done for you. And Jesus says, this is for my Father's glory, so that you'll bear much, what? Fruit. Showing yourselves to be my disciples. In other words, making Jesus known. You follow the sequence, it's here. The word of God comes in. It creates faith. There's bold asking, which is applying your audacious faith. And then Jesus is made known because you're bearing much fruit. That's God's will for your life. Spoken by Jesus himself. He's saying, I want you to make me known in this world. And here's how to do it. The word, faith, acting on that faith. And then it begins to produce itself in fruit. As a pastor, I've learned this, that if there's a lack of fruit in someone's life and it's, I, 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 I can always point back to a lack of faith. And if there's a lack of faith, it's because in some way there's been a neglect of God's word. Like, well, I just don't need God's word. I, I, don't, I don't need to go to church. I mean, today's, I just would rather not. Or I'd, I'd like, what have you been reading and studying the word? Well, I've been reading John. Oh, no, you've not. What are you reading in John about Jesus? Oh, yeah, whatever. You know what I'm saying? It's like, you're not reading the Bible. You're just pulling scripture out and saying Jesus because it sounds good. <laughs> See, because God's word goes in. Faith is built. We act on the faith. We pray and do audacious faith actions and prayers. And, and then we, be just, we begin to produce fruit. We make Jesus known. Jesus even said this, still in another place in the Bible. He said, I chose you and I appointed you that you might go 
and bear fruit, fruit that will last, and so that <laughs> whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. Do you see how it all fits together, guys? This is being a Christian. Therefore, I love being a follower of Jesus. And your best, best, it is yet to come. And my biggest challenge to you right now, because you are hearing the word, is to take the next step. Begin to grow by faith. Hey, new life is yours. You can be set free from darkness by engaging faith in a whole new, deeper way. In fact, I'm, I'm asking everyone beginning today to take part of a challenge with me. And it's just to simply be in church every Sunday till the end of the year. Can you be in church 10 times? Can you spend 10 hours at church over the next 10 weeks? Of course you can. Watch what will happen to your faith and the fruit that produces in your life. Because miracles are going to start happening in your life and new fruit will be starting to produce in you. I'm asking for no movement at this time at all. And leaders, I want you to pray now. In fact, I want everyone to pray. I want you just to... Uh, Focus internally for just a moment. Would you just close your eyes? And I, I have a couple of questions to ask you. First, first of all, I'm going to have two prayers here. One is, are, are you craving, listen carefully, are you craving to bear fruit like what I just described? Craving to win these inner battles? Are, are you willing and desirous and wanting to commit to this winning strategy of God's word followed by audacious faith? and then bearing the fruit of the Spirit? Do you want that? Do you want that? Because you can be a follower of Jesus or a Christian. You might be able to get into heaven, but you actually don't operate by those principles. I want you to operate by those principles. Would you like that? Would you like to move to this whole new level of following this simple process of the Word of God, faith, and the fruit of the Spirit? And if so, what I want you to do is I want you to lift your hand. So that's me, Pastor. I'm with you. I'm going to take that challenge. I want that for my life. Lift your hand. Come on, lift your hand. Come on, come on. Do you want God's word? Do you want to grow in faith? And do you want to bear the fruit of the Spirit? That's it. That's the, that's the question. Do you want that? Come on, lift your hand high for me. My hand's up because I'm putting two up because I want two X faith on this one. I want to pray for you right now with your hands held up. Come on, I want you to receive this prayer. Jesus, I pray right now for there to be a fullness of your Holy Spirit rushing into every person whose hand is raised, God. God, I pray, Lord, that as their hands are lifted up to you, that, that, that there will be an outpouring of, of a hunger in their lives for your word and, and that they will feed on the word of God. They will be in church and they'll begin to ask you for huge things. And Lord God, may Jesus be very evident to each person. Jesus name you can put your hands down now maybe some of you are here today and you've never surrendered your life to Jesus and maybe over the course of life you've drifted away from your relationship with God and you want to establish things with Jesus and you want to get a new beginning and you're ready to embrace God's purpose for your life I'm going to give you an opportunity to respond if you want to be included in this closing prayer and surrender your life completely to Jesus I'm going to ask you to raise a hand because faith is when we respond outwardly to what's happening inwardly because Jesus loves you more than you can imagine and he died for you so that you can have life and everything changes today. Lift your hand because I want to agree in prayer with you. I want to agree in prayer with you to receive Jesus, to make things right with Jesus. Lift your hand for me. Let's pray. 
Great. Congregation, I want you all to stand up with me. Stand up with me now, please, everyone. If you raise your hand, I want you, along with every person in this room, to pray these words with me now. Come on, pray it out with me. Dear Jesus, thank you for dying for my sin. I believe you're the Son of God. Please forgive my sins. Today I give up my past. And I embrace the future that you have for me. I choose to let you love me. And I will love you in return. Thank you for faith that I have in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. For more information about how you can get involved with City Life locally, text CONNECT to 41411. Again, that's CONNECT to 41411. Or visit us online at citylifecenter.org. We would love to meet you.